truth came out. Alan and Soon Yi have been sleeping together. Alan was 56. Soon Yi was 21. And to clarify, he had been dating her mom for years and was functionally her stepdad. Right? So at the end of this interview, Woody Allen is asked, like, why did you do it? And he paused. The heart wants what it wants. And so this statement, this phrase, this saying has not only become common in our culture's vernacular, but honestly, I think it's embedded itself into our belief systems. Our desires have been given a high position of authority. Like our desires have been made king. And in a culture where desire is king, dopamine and pleasure become the purpose for our lives. And I want to let you guys see what this has created. I got a slide. Take a look at this slide with me. This is what uh, this article calls the rise of dopamine culture. Right? So we kind of look at it. We see, okay, on the left side, we see there was this time where we were like participating in culture. We were active and even contributing to culture. But then we got into the fast-paced modern world and all of a sudden it was less about being part of culture and more about consuming culture. Just mindlessly consuming entertainment, kind of just like passively viewing culture. But then we get to this place where actually I think we are right now called dopamine culture. And both of those two other things have actually been traded in. And now we have this culture where it's really just addictive, compulsive activity and there's no culture at all. Right? This is the rise of dopamine culture. This is the product of the heart wants what it wants. And I know it's not on this slide, but I believe pornography is the preeminent example of dopamine culture for us as young adults and teenagers in this room tonight. For the sake of clarity, I want to provide you guys with a definition of pornography. This comes from Regeneration, and it says, Pornography is any material used for sexual excitement. Pornography can include images, videos, and words that stimulate erotic behavior or feelings. Used by both men and women, pornography often leads to masturbation. And friends, I would even add that one of the most detrimental effects of pornography use is not just pornography addiction, but an addiction to variety. Right? An, act, an addiction to pornography, friends, is an addiction to variety. That means no one person, no one man, no one woman is ever going to be enough for the porn addict in a dopamine culture. That's the product of the heart wants what it wants. And maybe you're here and you don't struggle with pornography at all. You're like, I don't know why I'm here. Maybe you've decided I'm tuning out. I'm not listening to this message. I don't really care. I would just invite you to lean in. Because not only are the things we talk about and the framework of finding freedom, like not only is that going to be 
relevant for you in whatever you struggle with. But the reality is, is in the near future, perhaps, you're going to have a family and friendships and a relationship where these other people are going to be the ones who are facing this struggle. To put it simply, if you're a follower of Jesus, this matters. This matters. I would even say that pornography is one of the biggest idols and lies of our generation. So for the follower of Jesus, this matters. But what do I mean by pornography is like one of the lies of our generation? What do I mean by that? Would you guys turn with me to Romans chapter 1? We're going to pick up in verse 21. Romans chapter 1, I think God speaks to that question so well. Like, why is this? This, this lie, like what is going on? Why this dopamine culture? And in Romans 1, starting in verse 21, Paul is talking about these Gentiles, these unrighteous people, these evil, unbelieving people. And we're going to pick up verse 21, Romans 1. It says, for though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles, right? This is idolatry. Verse 24 says, therefore God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts. And in, in, in other words, God is giving them what they want, right? He delivers them over to the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator. Now you need this message, friends, because pornography is one of the biggest lies of our generation. And here's what we need to know. Tonight, pornography promises pleasure, but produces pain. It's a big idea tonight. Pornography promises pleasure, but produces pain. And if you're in here and you're struggling, you're not alone. God's not done with you. I'm up here as a guy who was addicted for the better part of eight or nine years. I found freedom. I'm a work in progress. We heard from Andreas. It's, it's possible, and you're not alone. God's not done with you. So pornography promises pleasure but produces pain. So we have two ways tonight that we can begin to find freedom in Christ from pornography. And those two things are, number one, abandon the lies and align with truth. Number one, abandon the lies and align with truth. And then secondly, apply spiritual CPR. So that's where we're going tonight. I'll explain that second point a little bit more later too. I'm sure you're a little confused, but let's look at point one. Point one, abandon the lies and align with the truth. Would you guys go back to Romans 1.25? Let's read that again. It, whoa, I almost just died. Uh, hey, <laughs> like it's choking on air somehow. It says this, guys. It says, they exchanged they exchange the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served 
what has been created instead of the creator. But what is the truth of God that we so often give up or forget, right? We're forgetful. We trade the truth of God for a lie. Like what's the truth that we're giving up when it comes to pornography? And I think there's two headliners. Andreas touched on it. I want to reaffirm it. The first one was true is God created sex for our enjoyment in marriage. It was his idea. Like, I want you to hear this. God created sex. He's a big fan of sex, right? It was his genius design for marriage. He created all the chemical responses in our body that bond us to that person. He created the nerve endings and put them where they are so that it feels good, right? He made things fit the way they do. He made it work the way it does. I'm just saying, his genius idea. You can go back to Genesis. It's right there. One flesh. That's the first truth. And I would even, I would even add to that before we go on to the next one. That means he gets to decide and to tell us and to show us where and when it is most pleasurable. And where and when and how is most hurtful. That's the first truth. Second truth is that God and his intention from the beginning was to be with us. And to give us complete satisfaction in a relationship with him. So the highest level of pleasure we would ever experience in a human relationship was always meant to point us back to the eternal pleasure of a relationship with God. So those are two truths I think that we exchange so often. We, we don't believe them. And what happens is because we're sinful and we give those up, we start to believe the lie that all of this pleasure and purpose and satisfaction can be instantaneously accessed whenever we want through two-dimensional images of hundreds or even thousands of different people throughout our life. But why do we, like, why? Like, why do we give ourselves over to that? Like, why is pornography the drug of choice for our generation? Like, why are we doing this? There's a couple of reasons, and they'll be on the screen here. I think a big one is to get a natural high, right? Like, the chemical rush can be addictive. I said earlier, God created our bodies to have chemical responses to that kind of intimacy. And they, when they're taken out of the, out of the right context, can be addictive. I would even argue maybe they're supposed to be addictive. I'm sure none of you guys are like attracted to an 80-year-old, right? Like, you wouldn't raise your hand, right? But I'm sure none of us are, right? They're, you know, you're not attracted to people who are like wrinkly and gray and, you know, it's fine. Like gravity wins. We can all say that. Like we all end up ugly in the end. It's fine. But what about when you're married to someone and you guys are both 80 years old and you're gray and wrinkly and ugly? Man, God created these chemicals in our body to bond us to that person so that when you're 80 and ugly and you got no game anymore, you got no riz, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you guys still say that? I don't know. Oh my gosh, who am I becoming? I'm becoming old. Thank you. Um, what was I gonna say? When you're 80 and wrinkly, man, God created this thing so that when you're that, that other person is still the epitome of beauty. Second one, take control. Right, we give into this because we want to take control. Pornography provides us an opportunity 
to take, to get that pleasure without worrying about anyone else's needs or desires. And I want to tell you, this one has been the one that I've been healing from the most. I said earlier, like eight or nine years, like I'm healing from that. And the biggest one is how selfish pornography has trained me to be. I'm getting married in three and a half months. Like I can tell you that that is the hard part. But God is faithful. He's redeeming me. He's healing me and he'll heal you. A couple other ones, you know, escape reality. You know, try to fantasize about something that's not reality for you. Uh, maybe it's numb internal pain or maybe on the opposite side, it's to feel something, right? To fill a void. I mean, I, I read these things and I just think each one of those is built on a lie. The lie that pornography will produce a solution to any one of those reasons. Like that's the lie. John Mark Homer, uh, I love John Mark Homer, he says this, it's by spirit and truth that we're transformed into the image of Jesus, but the reciprocal is also true. It's by isolation and lies that we're deformed into the image of the devil. So what if we started to exchange the lies of pornography for the truth of God? Like, what if we checked the receipts and realized, hey, this isn't what I was looking for. This isn't what I came for. I need to return this. Take it back. Like, give me back the truth. Like, what if we did that? Good news is we can, right? So I, I want to encourage you, invite you, take out your phone right now and take a picture of the next slide that we got up here. He put that up there, just like a list of true things and a list of scriptures that will tear down the lies of pornography. Like I invite you, take a picture of that right now. And what I want you to do is I want you to take that list. I want you to go home, spend time with Jesus, think about these things that are true and read these scriptures and pray through them and believe them. Like rewire your thinking around these. And then talk to your small groups about it. Next week, maybe, or even just throughout this week as you guys pray through those. There's some really good ones up there. You know, of course, God loves you, right? What about that one? Like, your body belongs to God. Like, whoa, what do you mean? Like, he bought you at a price, and the price was the blood of Jesus. So your body is God's. So honor him, right? That's the call. And so we can, we can abandon the lies. We can align with truth. We can but it's not going to be easy. It's going to take time. JMC, he has another great quote in here. He says this, giving in to the desires of our flesh does not lead us to freedom and life, as many people assume, but instead to slavery and in the worst case scenario, addiction, which is kind of a prolonged suicide by pleasure. And now, I don't take lightly using that word suicide. Like, I thought about it. I wrestled with it. But I think it's important, right? I don't want to downplay that reality of that word. But when we think about this particular struggle, I think it really is like this prolonged, self-inflicted death. And if you're in here and you're like, man, I want out of the addiction. Like, I want to leave behind the prolonged suicide by pleasure. 
and you want to experience new life in Christ, we need to apply spiritual CPR. That's my second point tonight. We need to apply spiritual CPR. We need to like resuscitate this whole thing, right? Like we need to leave behind the grave. But CPR is really just an acronym. And I didn't come up with this. I think it's uh, huge for us tonight, and it's this. Confess, pray, and remove access. CPR, confess, pray, and remove access. So, firstly, we confess. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we got to confess, firstly, to God. Like, we got to acknowledge that we have exchanged his truth for a lie. We got to say, hey, I need your healing. I need you. And the good news is, God knows every thought you've ever had. He knows every thought. He knows everything you've done. Everything you've looked at. And so I would just say, be as specific as you can with him. Like, don't hide anything. He already knows But when you bring those things out into the light, you experience healing. This also means that we need to confess to community. Like we need to tell other people that we trust about our struggle. We don't got to tell everybody, right? But we got to tell some people of God that we trust. We got to join together in accountability. And I just want to say like accountability is never like the solution, right? Like you start an accountability group and a year later you're not doing accountability more, and then you like go back to the lifestyle. It's like, that's not the solution, but what it is is it's a commitment to encourage and pray for one another and keep each other in the loop and confess and just say, hey, I'm not alone. We're not alone. We don't do this alone. And so the action item for you is just confess with your small group. Like get to that place where you guys can be vulnerable and confess. Maybe do it tonight. I hope you would. Because confession, it brings healing. We see that in James 5. Check out James 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. And so confession is for healing. And then right away we see the second part of CPR. We need to pray, right? That's the the second letter in the acronym. And we need to pray because the prayer of God's God's people is powerful and effective. So that means like if you're a follower of Jesus, like even your own prayer is powerful for you, for someone else, like for the kingdom of God to expand. Your prayer is powerful. And so we have to pray. We have to pray so that we can experience real healing as we turn to God and we're just like honest about our sin together. I love what theologian and martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer says about this. It's this next quote. It says, in the presence of a Christian brother or sister, I can dare to be a sinner. In the presence of a Christian brother or sinner, I, whoa, (laughs) Christian brother or sinner or sister, I can dare to be a sinner. Like, have you dared to be a sinner yet in your small group? Like, it's okay to not be okay. Like, have you got to that place yet? 
so we confess to God and to community and we pray so that we may be healed. And then lastly, we apply spiritual CPR by removing access. Remove access. Now, many of you have probably heard this before. Like, you grew up in Grace Church, like you're a church kid, like you've been around like this whole Christian perspective on pornography. You've heard this before, but it's Matthew 5, 27 to 29. And it says this. We, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better for your whole body. Sorry, for it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now that's extreme language. And before you roll your eyes, before you roll your eyes, you know, this is often like the band-aid passage for pornography struggles. I would just say like, let's, let's look deeper. Like let's, let's look at this passage. I think there's something there that, that we don't often think about. Because in Jesus' day, the religious leaders of that time, right? Like the, maybe, I don't know, the youth pastors of that time, like they measure their spiritual maturity based on behavior and outward appearance. Did you guys catch that? Like they measured their spiritual maturity based on outward appearance, behavior. They added so many extra boundaries around their sin or around a sinful activity to prevent the action rather than seeking the transformation of their heart. The point is Jesus is using hyperbole when he talks about tearing out your eye or cutting off your hand so that you don't sin. Like in a sense, he's actually like making fun of the discipleship strategy of the Pharisees. Because here's what's true. Freedom does not come simply from harsh boundaries. Like just using a software or getting a flip phone or removing Instagram, like that's not gonna change you. If we just wanna change our behavior, Jesus is like, okay, then tear out your eyes. That'll get you there. But what we do see is that the boundaries do help us create space for God to transform our hearts and our desires. Right, removing access to pornography is more like giving our bodies, our minds, and our hearts the time it needs to detoxify from the effects of pornography. I kind of joked about it at the beginning of the new year, my, uh, one of our first Wednesdays back, just like I'm on this diet, this like really strict diet. But it's like I'm removing access to certain foods so my body can do the work of detoxifying and it takes time. And man, we got to remove access so that we can detoxify from the effects of pornography. And for me, this looks like just completely removing all search browsers and social media from my phone. And I know that's extreme, but Jesus invites us in to be extreme about ridding sin from our lives. Like we can't miss that from Matthew 5. For you, it might look like a software, right? It might look like a thing like covenant eyes. I don't know. It could look like leaving your phone outside your room at night. 
It could look like having accountability partners. You got your passwords on each other's phones. It might be getting rid of your phone. But Jesus invites us to be extreme about it. Whatever it is, we do need to remove access so that we can detoxify and create space to let God transform us. Like if we can spend less time being dominated by dopamine culture, we'll have more time to pursue the pleasure of a real and thriving relationship with God. We don't have to fall into this prolonged suicide by fleeting pleasures and distractions. And if you've ever wondered like what, what God wants for your life, you know, you're in high school and you're thinking, man, I hear you, Jacob, like I don't really know what to do, but I'm, I'm really wrestling with like what God wants for my life. I would just say like, it's plain and simple. And it's this. Check out these, these verses, 1 Thessalonians 4. For this is God's will, your sanctification, your becoming like Jesus, that, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity to uh, an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. You see, we're called to be free and God's will for us is to be sanctified, to be transformed into the image of Jesus by spirit and truth, like we read earlier, ultimately to be healed completely. And so we can begin tonight by applying spiritual CPR, confess, pray, remove access and you gotta be doing CPR in community. You gotta be doing CPR in community with trusted friends who love Jesus. Now, as we close tonight, I just wanna leave you with this quote. Would you guys read this quote with me on the screen? Just in your own mind. It says, in the moment of temptation, the raging fire of desire that is your flesh Right, the desire to make a condescending comment, buy another pair of shoes you don't need, overeat, overdrink, lust, ignore God, watch Netflix instead of reading your Bible. Like the raging desire feels overwhelming and almost irresistible. But those desires are not actually the deepest, truest desires of your heart. They don't come from the bedrock layer in your soul. My guess if you go deep enough, you ache for God himself to live in his love to yield to his gentle peace to let your body become a place where his will is done on earth as it is in heaven i believe that's true for you tonight like for those of you who have trusted in jesus christ and have decided to follow him i believe that you have a deep ache for god himself worship team, you guys can make your way back up. But as they come up here, friends, I just want you to think about that. I believe you have a deep ache for God. And here's like how we tap into this deep desire for God. This is how we act on it. This is how we grow in it. And I say it, I don't know if you guys check your emails, but I say it almost every Monday to your email at the bottom. I say, 
do something that genuinely makes you love Jesus more every single day. That's the key. We grow that ache for God and we do something every day that makes us love Jesus more. So spend time with him, be honest with him, get to know him because Jesus says this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and the only one you have sent, Jesus Christ. And so in summary, freedom from pornography comes as you abandon the lies, you align with the truth, you apply spiritual CPR, you confess, you pray, you repent, and man, do something that love, that causes you to love Jesus more. Because pornography promises pleasure, but Jesus promises way more. He promises way more.